Hello, everybody, and welcome to Living in the Third Degree with BPD. My name is Brad Shattuck, and I am your host. This podcast is about my personal experiences, stories, and events with dealing with borderline personality disorder, otherwise known as BPD. My experiences with BPD is due to my wife, now ex-wife, who I have been with for 34 years, was diagnosed with BPD in 2012. And I want to share my experiences with you so that if you are someone who has somebody in your life with BPD, that you may relate to what I'm saying along with my personal tips and suggestions that may or may not work in your specific situation. And if you are someone who has been diagnosed or think you may have BPD, that you may recognize the signs and understand the havoc and turmoil that it can have around people that are involved in your life. Let me caution you that I am in no way qualified or certified in the field of mental health and that my personal suggestions are merely my personal opinion and do not recommend that anybody take any mental health therapy into their own hands, but to personally seek out the help from a professional in the field of mental health. And furthermore, if you are a couple, you might even consider counseling to help further your relationship a little bit better. So with that being said, I hope you enjoy the show. Thank you for listening to Living in the Third Degree with BPD. This is Brad Chattuck, your host. And um, this episode is probably the worst episode that I've ever done. And the worst situation I'm in right now. That's why it's titled <laughs> War in a Nuclear Disaster. Briefly, my wife's been living in her mother's house for four years now. She had passed away. It's been going through probate and back and forth with members of the family and blah, blah, blah. Well, anyways, um, once the house was actually sold, um, she seemed to think that she could live there. She didn't leave voluntarily. So um, members of the family had done an eviction notice. Um, but then when the new owner bought the house, he took the eviction over. Um, brought it to court, and I'm actually the one who has gotten her extensions for the past, uh, I say almost three months, going from Superior Court to the Supreme Court, and, um, anyways, we knew the time would be coming when the sheriff would finally come and lock the doors, and, uh, two days ago, that happened, um, but anyways, I'll explain the entire situation and why this episode is so important but like I said the worst it's definitely a war in a nuclear disaster (laughs) but anyway stay tuned I think you'll enjoy the episode and maybe any of you can help me send me an email but I'll also answer any questions if you might have any but again thank you for listening let's get on with the episode Hello, everybody. Thank you again for listening to Living in the Third Degree with BPD. So, like I said, this is titled War During a Nuclear Bomb, or I originally said nuclear disaster. However, I should say it, it doesn't matter. Can you imagine if there was a nuclear bomb that went off, and during that nuclear um, disaster, all of a sudden that country starts a war? You know what I mean? You already being inflicted with all this, you know, pain, death, and everything, destruction, 
of a nuclear bomb and then start a war on top of that. Well, that's kind of the analogy of what happened two days ago. Actually, it started four days ago. So here's a rundown of what happened. And I'll explain some of the uh, parts of BPD that contributed to this whole incident. So, uh, Thanksgiving was actually very surprising. Um, me and my wife actually were arguing a little bit the uh, last time I had left right before that, which was actually two days prior to Thanksgiving. So, my son had invited me uh, with his girlfriend to go over a lady's house that we know to have Thanksgiving with her because she wasn't invited anywhere. So, it kind of worked out. We all went over there for Thanksgiving. Um, of course, I was depressed because I wanted to be with my wife. <laughs> and, um... So it really wasn't joyful for me, but because my son invited me, I wanted to show appreciation. So I, you know, faked it that I was happy and appreciative and everything. Um, and that's not wrong, you know. I, I instead of being, you know, uh, a Debbie Downer, you know, I didn't. I I, I showed appreciation and everything. Um, so my son said, um, you know, mom's alone. You know, uh, are you planning on going over there? I said, I'd love to, but I can almost guarantee I'm knocking the door and tell me to go after myself. He's like, maybe we should try. I said, I'd love to. You know what? I said, you know what? I probably will. Just on the, on the sake of showing them in her head that at least I was a better person and, and tried to spend time, you know, with her on Thanksgiving. So anyways, long story short, I left there and um, I went over. I knocked on the door and yelled through the door. I said, you know, Michelle, it's me. And um, she didn't respond right away. And I yelled in again. I said, you know, come on, it's Thanksgiving. I said, the only thing I'm thankful for is that you're alive and you're somewhat in my life. And I'm very thankful for that. You know, can we please just spend Thanksgiving together? That's what I wanted more than anything in the world. So she opened the door. And she's like, yeah, I guess you're right. Well, she was kind of, you know, bitchy when she opened the door. Yeah, I guess you're right. You know, come on in. So I went in, and it was actually kind of sad because she almost knew she was going to spend Thanksgiving alone. Um, and my, my, to back up real quick, somebody's wondering, well, what about your son? He had um, plans originally to go with his girlfriend to go meet her mom. So he, that's why he was pushing for me to go see my wife because he didn't want her to be alone but she was already expecting to be alone anyways so i get over there like i said i, I knocked on the door and she opened it and she was you know, kind of bitchy she's like you know like yeah i guess you're right i'm a little bit better than that come on in so i went in and like i said it was sad she had all the fixings a turkey and everything all the fixings and i said wow you, you did all this to have Thanksgiving by yourself. She said, yeah, why should I lose the spirit, you know, of making the turkey and everything, you know, a traditional supper, you know, just because I'm going to be by myself. But in case anybody did stop by, at least I would have everything prepared. But nobody stopped by. I said, well, I guess maybe I'm better than nothing. And of course, and she's like, you know, don't say it like that, you know. I probably would have let you in anyways if you knocked. I said, you know, I appreciate that a lot, you know, because I planned on you not answering and just end up going home. So anyways, um, that night actually went really well, very well. You know, we talked and 
laughed and everything, and, um, you know, it started getting late, so I looked at her, and I said, you know, um, I won't be offended, but I do have to ask you, and she's like, let me guess, you want to spend the night, I said, yeah, she's like, yeah, you can spend the night, I said, oh, thank you, and, um, she's like, don't get all excited, you know, I didn't like Flynn, so, it's only because it's late, and I don't want you to, you know, to drive tired or anything, and I said, okay, thank you, you know, whatever the reason is, I, I appreciate it. So, um, when it came time for bed, um, she had just a t-shirt on, and so I asked her, um, well, actually, I didn't even ask her, I took all my clothes off, and I said, you know, you know, we're gonna lay skin to skin, it's a holiday, and she's like, oh my god, she's like, well, obviously, you already got your clothes off, so... To me, that means a lot. It really does. I told her, I said, I, I promise you, no funny stuff at all. I just, I just want to lay skin to skin with you. I really do. So, um, she let me do that. And that's really all I wanted. It really is. So, the next day, I had to, um, bring my nephew to work, which he lives five minutes up the road from me, which is an hour away from where she lives. So, I had to drive all the way. Oh, I had asked her if I could, you know, come back. And she said, yeah, I guess so. So I did that, came back, and, you know, no problem. Sometimes I've come back, and she won't answer. She's had an episode while I've been gone, and then she don't answer the door. And it's a waste of time, gas. It causes a lot of heartache. A heartache is more than anything. I don't give a shit about the time of the gas. I don't. It's the heartache. I've never been sure, you know, I just wasted all that gas. It's not. And I, and I tell her to try to make her feel bad, which is true when I say, you know, I was looking forward to coming up here. And, and you know what's weird? I really do. I act like like we just met. You know when you first meet somebody, that new love, it's so awesome. You know, you look forward to seeing them. You look at 8 o'clock, like, oh, they said be here at 8 o'clock at 7.58, two more minutes. You know, that's how I look forward to anytime I go up there especially when she invites me up I do I get really excited I try to you know make sure my hair's done I try to make sure you know I dress in something decent I really do 34 years and I just try to make it as special as possible you know if I show up there I look like a bum you know it's to her maybe it looks like geez you're not excited to come in here so I figure the first impression of how I arrived there should mean something. So, what I did was I um, I stopped at uh, the doll store and got her a gift and a card. And the card said thank you, and I put in there, you know, just thank you for being there. Thank you for being a friend. Thank you for everything I do, and thank you for being yourself. And <clears throat> you know, those little things I always said mean something. You know, especially where we've been together so long. You know, love shouldn't fade out. The, the little cute things shouldn't fade out. You should act like you just met them. Your love shouldn't be any different. You know, you shouldn't become a part of the furniture and, you know, pass by each other, you know, without giving a little kiss or a little slap on the butt. You know, something like that. Be flirty. Be Make her feel special, you know. And that's what happens, especially with women. And especially women with BBD. They have to have that attention. But I'll tell you, those little things mean a lot. They really do. And I know from experience, I, I'm telling you, she, we, she actually had mentioned to me one time, I came over and, you know, I kind of like was flirty, but I smacked her butt and 
I grabbed her and I kissed her on the neck and I said, you are so freaking sexy. Like, you have a nice butt. And she looked at me and she's like, are you sure you're thinking about me? I said, I looked at her and I said, yeah. I said, now that you turned around, you're fucking gorgeous. You know, so she looked at me and she's like, you really mean that? And I looked at her and I dropped my face and I said, I absolutely do mean that. I swear on everything holy. I think you are downright sexy. You are gorgeous. I just love everything about you. And I gave her a big hug before she could say anything else. And she said, thank you. And I said, you're welcome. And I said, you know what? I mean that all the time. I really do. I feel that way about you 24-7. And you know what? I'm going to try to make the effort to say it a lot more to you than I do now. And she's like, well, you don't have to do that. You know, I just say it. Oh, I, I, I know when you know that I'm sexy, when you do those little flirty things. And I said, I understand that, but I'm going to try to do it more. So, anyways, we jump off that subject. We get along great that night. Um, as a matter of fact, that night we ended up making love. And um, it was weird because, oh, no. Sorry, we didn't that night. We didn't. We didn't. The following night. I'm sorry. We had, um, you know, so I get him flirty and everything like that. And she's like, I'm going to go take a shower. And she said, maybe I'll put one of my outfits on. I said, wow, oh, my God. I said, that would be awesome. You know, and she's talking about negligent. So we fast forward. We, um, we did. We hit love. Oh, my God. And I always tell her the same thing with being flirty and making the love feel new. I always tell her, when we make love, I swear it's just like the first time. Because she was my first love, the first girl I ever made love to. Um, first everything with her. And I tell her, I do, I do, and this isn't just lines of bullshit. And I tell her before, I don't need to give you lines. This is the truth. She gives me tingles when she touches me. Like, touches my arm and I show her. I'm like, look, I had goosebumps. She just gives me that feeling. It just like goes from my neck all the way down my back, and I'm like, oh, it 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 does. You know, it's a deep, deep connection that I have with her. I just I love everything about her, and I make sure I tell her this. You know, I'm just getting tingles, keeping it myself, and I tell her that. And after that, um, th this is a couple years ago. I had told about the tingles, and you know, she every once in a while she touched me. She's like, wow, you aren't kidding. I'm like, what? She's like, I can see the goosebumps. I'm like, oh, thank you. I said, you said I was kidding? You know, so I try to prove to her all the time that she, that I am attracted to her sexually, her beauty, everything about her, I am attracted to her. And, you know, by doing that, it's kind of letting them know that you're not cheating on them. If you remind them that they are fulfilling every need you have, emotionally, physically, sexually, everything, it's going to lessen the chance that they think they're cheating. I'm saying it's going to eliminate it because in my case, it definitely doesn't eliminate it. But I'll tell you one thing, it does reduce it. And I'll tell you, one less fight between us means everything in the world to me. So by doing that, if it only lessens, if it lessens one fight a month, to me, it makes it worth it all. Because I'll do anything for this woman. I love her with all my heart and soul. I think if you've been listening to my podcast enough, you might realize that I am so in love with this woman. But, um, fast forward to, uh, uh, two nights before she got evicted. 
This is what really sucks. Now, if you remember correctly, a lot of people with VPD, I think it's actually one of the um, symptoms, is their perception of you is the last interaction they had with you. So, like, if we fight and I leave, whatever we fought about and whatever we said back and forth, that's her perception of me until the next time we, I can get in there and smooth things over or whatever. But if uh, if we had, like, say, six months of we never fought, not once, got along, made love, you know, like in heaven, okay? For six months. If we have a bad, bad fight and we break up, guess what? Those six months didn't freaking matter one bit. It's about that last interaction. I suck. I'm a cheater. I'm a liar. This and that. Whatever she dreamed up or, you know, and I'm talking about not something legitimate. You know, if it's legitimate, that's different. I'm talking about BPD splitting. You know, all of a sudden she thinks I'm cheating on her. All that stuff in that last fight, that's her perception of me. Like I said, those six months mean shit. They mean nothing. If you took her out on dates every night or every Friday night during those six months, you did everything right, guess what? It sucks. It sucks so bad because none of that matters. And I've been there, done that so many times. Now, most people would say, you know what? I give up. I am tired of, like, having all this goodness and spending money, you know, going out to eat and doing this and that, just all of a sudden to have a fight, all that wiped right out. Well, that's BPD, people. That's fucking BPD at his best, or I should say at its worst. But you know what? If you love him enough, like I do, it doesn't matter if you have three months of heaven, six months of heaven, or even a year of heaven, which with BPD, I highly doubt most people can go past a month, but anyways, if you love enough, you'll know ahead of time it's going to happen. It's going to happen, you know? It, it, to love them is to know them, and I'm telling you, <laughs> you could literally have those six months of heaven. Literally have them. Knowing in your head, any day now, that's all going to get wiped out. You know what? If you can continue on until you have that all wiped out, and then if you can hang in there, hold on, and wait to see if you can get back with them again, that's love. That's when you know you love them, when you don't give up. And like I said, I know when I go to a house, I know... It's going to happen any day when I'm at the house. Any day she's going to make me leave. But you know what? I stay. Most people would be like, well, I'm not going up there. I know any day, you know. Guess what? If you love enough, you'll take advantage of any day that's good. Any day that's happy. If it's one day, I take it. If I go up there and I know, like sometimes her episodes are, it varies. Like it used to be she would have an episode um, I'd say probably four times a month, which is, you know, like once a week. Then it became, you know, um, six times a month. And it was, you know, eight times a month, whatever the case may be. But guess what? It also, more episodes is less days of happiness. But also, you gotta look at the bright side. Those days of happiness make it all worth it, at least to me. It does. I would take 29 days of hell. Now, one day of, oh, 
one day of happiness with her. I really would. That, to me, makes it all worth it. And if anybody loves their other half that has BPD, well, I don't want to say as much as I do, but if you love them enough, you'll put up with it. Now, I, you know, I know 29 days and one day of heaven is very excessive. I, I think anybody can get my point. Any day you can have with them, number one, should be special. Take advantage of it. Appreciate it. And know in your mind, yes, any day they're going to split. It could be today, tomorrow, three days from now, a month from now, whatever. It's going to. But for right now, I'm going to enjoy every moment with them. And that's what I do. I enjoy every moment I am with her. I've had times where, I, here's an example. I literally went up there one day. I was up there one day. <laughs> she made me leave. I went up the next day. She let me in, surprisingly. Threw me out again that night. <laughs> I went up the next day. She said, no, you're not going to keep coming back every day. All right. <laughs> Two days later, I went back. She made me leave again that night. I'm like, this is so stupid. But, but, I'm not going to give up. So three days later, I went up there. She let me in. And I said, thank you so much. That night, yeah, she made me leave again. Actually, I slept in the car. I slept in the car. But the point is, in my situation, every time we're together, every day, I am thankful so much, so much. And trust me, I go through hell. I go through freaking hell when we fight. She says the most ungodly, disgusting things that nobody would want to hear, and definitely would not want them to be true. But I know that disgusting stuff is going to come out any day. But if you appreciate and love every moment you can have with them, every day should be a blessing. Take advantage of it if you love them enough. Get excited. Do the, okay, here's one example too. In marketing for a business, what they say is, don't do all your marketing and advertising when it's dead. You would think that. Oh, business is down. Let's do advertising and marketing. Let's ramp it up. Let's, let's do all these programs. You know what? Eh. Wrong. You do it the opposite. When your business is busy, that's when you want to do all your marketing and advertising. Because then by the time it does come to be um, the, the dead period, guess what? Now, all your marketing and advertising you did is going to start going into play. So, that is a rule of business in marketing and advertising. You do the same thing when you're with them. When you're getting along great, you would think, hey, and you just play everything off normal. You know, instead of painting something black or white, you're going gray. No. <laughs> when you're getting along, make it extremely special. Like they say, you want to make the extraordinary seem ordinary and the ordinary seem extraordinary. When you're getting along, don't just, ex you know, don't sit back and relax and just enjoy it. No, 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 no. Make it extra special. Make it extra special. Go that extra mile when it's going good. Because guess what? You're increasing your chances that when you fight, it'll be easy to come back in. I'm not saying maybe it'll work, maybe it won't. It depends on your situation. My situation, I know that has worked. When we're getting along great, like I said, I'll come up and I'll... Do little kisses on the neck and smack her butt. 
you know, get flirty with her. You know, like we change again. Let her know that nothing has changed. That you're attracted and love her and think she's super sexy and beautiful. It's like the day you met her. You know what? We all change. We all age. We all get wrinkles and this and that and the other thing. Guess what? The heart hasn't changed. You should still freaking love him like the day you met him. That's what I do. So anyways, this is where everything sucks. Two nights before, she got evicted. She was throwing me out. I didn't leave. <laughs> I stayed in the house, and yeah, I went through verbal abuse. Some, I don't want to say physical, physical abuse, but, you know, oops, accidentally dumped the um, soda on my lap. And, oops, sorry, the spaghetti ended up falling on my feet. All these little accidents degrade me. She's <clears throat> very, very torturous and very degrading. But you know what? I fucking love her enough that I, I figured maybe she'll, she'll get over this while I'm here. Maybe I can smooth it over. So what happened was, the next night, same thing. She wouldn't talk to me. I stayed there to call bullshit names. Saying she's going to have sex with every guy that comes over and she's got guys coming over this and the other thing. Oh, so it's just all bullshit. Well, the next morning, 8 o'clock in the morning, I hear a cop knocking on the door. Like, what the hell? I mean, pounding. I look out and there's two sheriffs there. I'm like, oh shit, here we go. Open the door. And we said we had to serve, um, not the eviction, but actually to uh, secure the property. So he says, you guys got 15 minutes to grab what you can, and, you have to, and we have to lock the door. We have to put a lock on the door. I tried to vent all this. That may be for another episode, but um, long story short, we were already fighting, so guess what? Nothing will change. It actually makes it worse, because I used to say all the time when she's fighting with somebody else, she'll come over and take it out on me. That's the way it's always been. So I knew, I, at first I figured, you know, she was kind of like, get away from me, this now. I said, Michelle, please, this is not the time. This is the time when we should stick together. Can't we just put the fighting aside? Please, push it all aside. Let me support you. Let me help you. Let's do this and that and the other thing. Nope, she wouldn't. She was stern on it. I'm like, listen, this is not the time, please. But, like I said, when there's a fight or a big stress of a situation, it gets taken out of me. Even though I told her, this is not the time. This is not the time. This is a major, major event. Because she could possibly lose everything she owns. Nope. She stuck to it. She, we originally packed my car with, with her important things. And she said, I want my shit back. Take it out of your car. I'm like, please, don't just let me help you. I was crying and pleading with her. I'm like, please. I don't want you to have all this stress and responsibility. Please, I will help you in any way possible. She said, if you want to help, get out of my fucking life. I'm like, Michelle, please, please don't do this, please. And what sucks is, we're just going to go, I can't just come up and knock on the door and be let in. Like, I have been for the past well, almost four years. So, anyways, she had dogs there too, but we had to put two of the dogs in. Uh, a car there that doesn't run anymore, and my son's dog, she was holding on to, and we tried getting a hold of him to come get his dog, but anyways, I ended up having to leave, because she yelled and screamed, and 
they ended up calling two more sheriffs and the local police. And um, finally, the sheriff came over to me and he said, listen, you're going to have to leave. She's getting all hyped up. We have other units here. You know, it could come to the point where she comes, becomes compatible and ends up in jail. We don't want that to happen. So can you please leave? You know, Michael, I'm trying to, you're not trying anything. You, you need to leave. If she wants you to come back, she can call you. But for now, you need to leave. That hurt. Are you kidding me? Here I am looking at my wife, the one that I love more than anything in the world. And she's in the worst situation she could ever be in. And it's almost like I'm abandoning her. And so I yelled out. I'm like, Michelle, please don't do anything. Call me. Just to let her know I'm not abandoning you. And, you know, that thing... We all know with BPD, they push you out before you can abandon them. And I tried telling her this is a different situation. It didn't matter. She pushed me out, and I had to leave. I could not believe I had to leave. She's sitting there with well, maybe six bags with clothing items. That's all she was able to grab. She's holding on to one dog and two other ones in the car that she had no way to bring. No way to bring. So we're like, great, what's going to happen with the dogs? Everything was so messed up, it's not even funny. But again, she still made me leave. So, oh my God, this was, uh, this is a day from hell. So anyway, I left. I texted her and everything, she will not answer me. She has not answered me since that day. I have sent her text and pleaded with her, please, I'll do anything. I'll put you in a hotel, something, please. No response at all. Long story short, I found out her two dogs got taken to the SPCA. She had nowhere to bring them, so they had to take them. They told her, you need to prove to us that these dogs will help us care home. She couldn't. They took them. My son's dog, he took him, and she's staying with my son, um, where he's staying with his girlfriend. You know, hopefully she can stay there for a little while or something, but the point is, I can't go there and see her or visit her. Especially since me and my son are arguing right now. There's it's a long story, but there is no way in hell that I can go there and visit her. The only way I could is if she texted me and met me, you know, a couple houses down, I'd pick her up and go somewhere. She won't answer my texts. But I still continue to send texts to her. So when she does look, she'll see I've been sending her texts. And hopefully she'll read them. But they're all like, you know, please, this isn't my fault. I didn't do this. I, I did everything in three years to try to avoid a situation like this. You know, I, I told her I have nothing to benefit from this. The only thing I really could benefit is not going through the pain that I'm going through now. But I, I found places that would foster her animals for six months. So until she found a place, they'd be well taken care of. They'd be fed and everything. we just have to bring food there. That didn't happen. I offered to get storage units to store her stuff until she could find a place. That didn't happen. I literally laid out plans for so many things so that wouldn't happen. That shell comes up and says, you got 15 minutes to grab shit and get out. It sucks. But I tried so hard to get to avoid it. And like I said, we got divorced almost four years ago. But I'm still there to try to help her. And I told her that. I said, you know what's weird? I said, you divorced me. Most people... F you, moving on, this and that and the other thing. But guess what? I'm still here trying to help you to avoid any pain and agony and stuff like that because I feel like I owe you. Because there were times I wasn't there for you. 
let me be there for you now. No strings attached. You don't owe me for this. Nothing. Just think of it like I do owe you. But she refused to accept any of my help or or a plan, that process. to, to So she would avoid this situation. But again, she didn't. And this is the pain she went through. Like I said, it kills me. It kills me. I wouldn't want that to happen to my worst enemy. It really sucked what she went through. And, you know, I guess supposedly the guy who bought the house has like seven days to respond to her and has to let her in one day to try to get her stuff. One day. (laughs) That house is packed. Top to bottom. Every room, including the basement and the two-car garage. There is no way in hell. She can get all this stuff out in one day. Not only that, what I was hoping and planning to do was get storage units and a couple of dumpsters and put her important stuff in storage and just the essentials in the house. So that way, if um, they did come to lock the doors, she could just grab a few bags, leave, and then, you know, when the landlord allows her in for one day, we'd be good. And while we're putting stuff in storage... Um, Stack the other stuff neatly in the house. So if you did have that one day, you know, you'd know what to bring with you. to be all stacked to put in the truck and everything. But again, <laughs> long story short, didn't take me on any of those offers whatsoever. None of them. So that's the position we got put in. And it sucks. It sucks. Because now she won't even talk to me. And I hope to God, I pray to God, that that was not the last communication we have. I'm hoping, hoping there's something. Either she can face reality or come to her senses or something. But I've been praying, praying that somehow she responds to me. Maybe, maybe by the grace of God that she comes to her senses and lets me talk to her something. I just, I don't want to just be cut off of communication with her. I, I love her. And are not talking to me kills me. But knowing this, you know, at least her other her mother's house, I could go up and knock on the door and talk through the door and try to, um, you know, communicate with her and plead to her. I can't do that now. It's like my hands are tied and it sucks. It's killing me. It's killing me. It's like I don't even have a chance to talk to her. So. It's painful. It is so painful. Because I fucking love her with all my heart and soul. And this is so hard for me. This is worse than, you know, since we got separated, she was at her mother's house. Like I said, I always had a chance to, you know, talk in through the window, you know, talk through the door. I can't even do that now. I can't even do that. I can't even hear her voice. And it's killing me. I'm telling you, look, physically it's painful. I have... In those two days I haven't been up there, I literally have, like, like my head hurts. It's not like a headache. It's just like maybe it's stress, but it's like I don't feel right. I feel empty. I feel, oh, my God, what most of you feel a heartache, but it's so much worse because I'm so connected to her. Like, she's like a part of me. 34 years is a long fucking time. And it's like... You know, losing your legs and not being able to walk again. It, if anybody's been through this, you know what I'm talking about. It's like, she is such a part of me. You know, anybody who hasn't been along with this, I may not understand. But I'll tell you, it's, I, I love her so much. I just, it's hard. 
not being able to hear her voice or see her beautiful face is what killing me. I got pictures, it's not the fucking same. I can't hug her, I can't hold her, I can't kiss her. It's, it's ripping me apart. It really is. It's fucking hard. I think about her all the time, more than ever. I can't even hear my radio. I I literally have shut my radio since then because I was hearing a song that didn't remind me of her. It's a song that we liked together or something. So I ended up just shutting it off. I'm so sick of it. I'm like, there's another fucking song. So I just shut my radio all together. I barely watch TV because it'd be a commercial or something. It's like everything reminds me of her. I just, I can't deal with it right now. You know, I don't have to deal with it, but it's just one more thing that I can take out of my life right now that's stressful. It's just one more thing. I'll leave it alone, but... Oh, my God, I'm telling you, it, uh, it sucks. It really sucks, but that's pretty much... Uh, <laughs> Excuse me, pretty much the episode. But the reason, you know, now you can see why I said, you know, start a war in a nuclear bomb or a nuclear disaster. Because we were already fighting, and then to have the uh, eviction on top of that, it was just, you know, like insult to injury. Oh my god, when that happened, I'm like, geez, here we go. And I knew it was not going to be good. Especially since we were fighting. I knew there'd be a fight, but... Oh my god. Since we're already fighting, it just made it so much worse. And like I said, you know, she was blaming me and everything. I'm not gonna fight a war. I'm not gonna win. So I'm not even gonna argue about it and go, No, it's not my fault. Blah, 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 blah. She's not gonna listen. And it ain't gonna matter. So I don't fight a war. I'm not gonna win. But I looked at her. I told her. I said, you know what? As you're saying, I'm sure you probably hate me right now. She's like, damn right, I hate you. I said, you know what? Please, I love you. I, I fucking love you. I love you more than anything in the world. Shut up, I don't want to hear that, this and that, and the other thing. It's all bullshit lies, but it's going on and on and on. But you know what? I still made sure I told her how much I loved her. Whether she, you know, I know she heard it. I know she don't care right now, but I needed to let her know. Most people be like, what? Well, I'm not even going to say it, blah, blah, blah. You know what? Why not? Why not? Well, because you don't want to hear her say back, oh, no, you don't, or anything. Too fucking bad. Deal with it. What that? If you love her, I don't care what you're going through. Let her know you still love her. She may think, after all this bullshit, what I'm doing, he still loves me. Yep. <laughs> and I told her, too, I said, listen, I love you so much. I have nothing, listen, I have nothing to benefit from telling you that. You may never talk to me again, but I want to let you know that I still love you. I still love you more than anything else in the world. No matter what. No matter what. You know, and they may sit down and say, why would he say, like, are you serious? How can you love me? You know what? She'll know the truth when I say it. She knows me. She knows if I'm just saying it. She knows if I mean it. And I mean it. <clears throat> but this is my hell. This is my freaking hell. This is one thing I wanted to avoid. This is why I was trying to help her when she's been going through this for this, you know, past few months. It didn't work out. It didn't work. So what I'm hopefully hoping is... Oh my God, I hate to see as time moves on. I hate having any time without her. 
It really does. I could be this woman 365. You know, how many times we ended up working together, same place, same job, we're not cleaning company together. We worked everywhere together. We are the type that can work together and it does not affect the home life. We don't bring home at work and we don't bring work at home. We've always been able to work together and people are like, how do you guys do it? What we have a connection. It's almost like we are soulmates. We've been together since she was 16 and I was 18. We grew up together. We went through, you know, our late teens and 20s, and we experienced everything together. All those, you know, special years of you know growing and everything. But I guess more than about blabbing on right now. But that's why I said about the war and nuclear disaster because we're already going through a massive fight, a horrible fight. And then that shit happened, and I'm like, oh my god, here we go. I knew it. I knew it was going to happen. But I also try to remember, keep your calm. She don't need the extra stress. Don't blow up at her. Tell your lover. Try to act nice. No matter what. And I didn't. I kept a smile on my face. I kept saying, I love you. I freaking hate you, Michelle. I don't hate you. I love you. I don't want to hear that. Well, guess what? I love you. And at least know in your heart that I love you. Why well, don't love you? doesn't matter. I love you. You know, I, I can tell her, I don't care. I want you to know I love you. And I kept saying it. And somebody can say, yeah, it doesn't matter. Oh, it does matter. It does. Because she heard it. And then she may be confused. Like, why the hell is he even saying that? You know what? Because I do love you. I do. And no matter what you're going through and doing to me right now, it doesn't matter. I love you. And I'm hoping maybe that will allow me and you to work something out. But, like I said, she didn't want to hear any of that shit. And I have to respect that and I have to deal with that, you know. Like I said, you can't force somebody to love you. But, anyways, that's pretty much the gist of it. And I can't believe this episode went 38 minutes. But, anyways, if anybody likes to send an email... Maybe if you had an experience or something like this, maybe you can throw a little suggestion my way. Or if you just want to send a comment or anything like that, I'd love to hear from you guys. ThirdDegreePodcastNH at gmail.com. And thank you again for listening. And please, please remember, if you have somebody in your life with BPD, love them as much as they can. Tell them you love them as much as they can. Show them you love them as much as you can. Because they find it so freaking hard to love themselves. Have patience. Love them. Thank you very much for listening. Have a happy life and happy relationship. You've been listening to Living in the Third Degree with BPD. I hope you enjoyed the show. And please check out my many other episodes. I hope you get some beneficial suggestions from my experiences. And remember, we're all responsible for our own choices. I'd like to remind you that if you have someone in your life with BPD, try to understand them and love them as much as you can because they find it so hard to be able to understand themselves and love themselves. So thank you again and have a happy life. Hi, if you'd like to contact me with any questions, suggestions, or if you'd like to be a guest on one of our shows or would like an email read on the show, you can contact me at thirddegreepodcastnh at gmail.com. That's spelled T-H-I-R-D-D-E-G-R-E-E-P-O-D-C-A-S-T-N-H, thirddegreepodcastnh 
Again, that's at gmail.com. I hope to hear from you. Thank you again.